should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need for you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think are less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unrepresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. Which our more presentable body parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it. That there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. This is great. This is fun. We get to have help today. I've, are you guys already enjoying all the kids and youth participating? Isn't this fun? It's not over. It's not over. That was so good. And that, man, what a, what a perfect video. I love having the kids read that scripture. And um, we are actually, we're continuing in our series. We just started last week a series in 1 Corinthians. And we're continuing this series. And, and this week, kind of the whole theme is, is unity. And so we're going we're gonna to do that. Um, so uh, last week, we, uh, it was uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. And uh, the whole thought was this. I see myself the way God sees me. Um, if I see myself the way God sees me, it helps me see people the way God sees them. And so we're going to continue it, and we're going to, we're going to go just the next few verses in this chapter. Uh, right before I do that, I just want to personally invite you to the Citywide Good Friday service. I'm super excited about this. One of the opportunities, not only, it's one thing for us as a church to say we're the body of Christ, and it's another thing for us to say as Kearney and the surrounding areas, we're the body of Christ. And once a year, as many of us as possible get together. And so at the UNK uh, um, Health and Sports Center, we're going to do that on Friday. And uh, so come, um, enjoy yourself, be a part of that. Um, they are going to, just to prepare you before you get there, they are going to take an offering just to kind of help with the expenses. Plus, we want to keep doing this and have it keep growing and getting bigger and better. And so just know that. So um, I... Um, there's, I was thinking, you know, because we've got kids helping today and all of this stuff. So there was a, there was a three-year-old girl um, that was listening to a, uh, um, intently to the children's sermon that the, that the pastor was preaching. 
And, uh, and so this is one Sunday morning, and the minister was trying to explain that, um, that God wants everyone to get along and to love each other and all of those types of things, just like I'm going to get ready to kind of tell you guys this morning. So just the same theme. And so she was listening intently, probably on the front row, like one of my daughters or something. She's, and so the, the pastor says this, God wants us all to be one. And the little girl replies, but I don't want to be one. I'm four. Isn't that true, though? Some of us, uh, some churches don't want to be one either, right? And that's, the, that's where we're going. We want to be four, not one, right? And uh, uh, I want to invite um, my, uh, let's, my niece, Ruthie. Where is she at? Ruth, are you here? No. No. Come on up. And she's going she's gonna to read a, a verse. Um, that's kind of the passage we're going to talk over today. And, and right before she does that, let me, just, let me just share. Come on up. Come on up. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. You are, you are not a shy person at, at all. At all. Let me make some room for you here, okay? This is your pulpit now. All right, step up. Uh, so uh, this whole thought of unity, I was thinking about this. One, it's, it's us as the body getting along with each other, loving each other, all this. But it's also a generational thing. It's from the youngest all the way to the oldest and the oldest all the way to the youngest. We are all the body of Christ. And so our main text today, and they're going to put it up on the screen, and, and Ruth is going, to, is going to share this, and we'll talk about it for a few minutes. I urge you, my brothers and sisters, for the sake of the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to agree to live in unity with one another and put to rest any division that may that attempts to tear you apart. Be restored as one unity, united body, living in perfect harmony. Form a consistent choreography among yourselves, having a common perspective with shared values. My dear brothers and sisters, I have a serious concern I need to bring up with you, for I have been informed by those of Chloe's house church that you have been destructively arguing among yourselves. Thank you. So good. And so this, is, so this is where we're at. I mean, we talked about, um, and I encourage you to go listen to last week's message. And we kind of set it up in 1 Corinthians and that the church in Corinth was in this place that was probably kind of like Las Vegas or New York. And, and it was this church that was, that was started out by Paul. And it was, they were trying to be in the world, but not of it. They were trying to be the influencers of Corinth and not being influenced by it. And about four years into it, they started finding themselves being influenced by the city, and which is a call to us that instead of us being influenced by the city, that we would be the influencers. And, and so that's kind of this whole thing that Paul's saying here, and we're going to be in this for, for weeks and months, this whole, this whole book of 1 Corinthians, really challenging us. Hey, come on, let's live this thing out loud, and let, let's be the difference. Let's, uh, let's not uh, be influenced by them, but let's go and be the ones that influence. And so she just set that up for us so beautifully. Thank you, Ruthie. You know, there are many reasons why it would be good to live in unity with one another. You guys could probably think of a few, right? Of What are, what are some of the benefits of, of being in, in unity and loving each other. I, I just came up with a couple. One is, you know, we accomplish more when there's unity. 
Like we can accomplish more. In fact, if you go back to like Genesis chapter 11 and any of you remember in, in like Sunday school or something, they called it the Tower of Babel, right? And everyone came together. They tried to build this huge tower to get to heaven. And God actually came down and confused the languages because he thought, man, they could, if, if they're in unity, they could almost accomplish anything they want to accomplish. And so he actually confused the languages. So the, the, the thought throughout scripture is we can accomplish more when there's unity, you know that there's actually more peace when there's unity? Not necessarily the absence of conflict, but there's more peace when we're united. Anybody just like peace? Isn't that a good idea? Anybody, there's just too, there's too much anxiety out there. There's too much just, just like crazy stuff going on between our ears. Like, wouldn't it just be good to just have peace? Everyone just take a deep breath. <sighs> yeah, that, that's, one of the, that's one of the benefits. Do you know that God blesses godly unity? Do you, anybody just want to be blessed by God? Any of you not want to be blessed? Raise your hand, right? How about we, you know, God actually blesses. When you're in unity with one another, God blesses that. You know that, maybe you didn't know this. Did you know that God's presence dwells in unity? We'll, we'll talk more about this in 1 Corinthians and all, and all throughout the Bible. But, the, but when, the Bible actually refers to us as like living stones, building blocks. That, that you and I, we kind of come together and become this, what the Bible says is like this living temple. And for the one purpose, so that his presence can dwell among us. You know that there's strength in unity. Not only can we accomplish a lot, there's power, there's strength. Um, any of you remember... The, uh, there's a, the Peanuts cartoon, and uh, it was, you know, Snoopy and Charlie Brown and all of those things, and, and Lucy. Lucy was that powerful personality that just got things done. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, so, uh, if you remember, <coughs> there's the, the Peanuts cartoon. Lucy, there was this one where Lucy demanded Linus to change the, the TV channel. And so, as she comes over to Linus, she's threatening her, him with, with her fist, and, uh, and he says, what makes you think you can walk right in here and take over, said Linus, right? And, and Lucy says, these five fingers, and she makes a fist. Individually, they're nothing, but when I curl them together like this into a single unit, they form a weapon that is so terrible to behold, is what she said. To which Linus replies, looking at his fingers, why can't you guys get organized like that? Isn't that, isn't that true? Isn't that what we want? There's more strength and there's more power when we're together. Here's the main thought. If you're taking notes, if you'd like to, here's the main thought today. I hope that we all walk away with. If Jesus was made famous through our lives, what would he be known for? If Jesus was made famous through our lives, what would he be known for? What would be the thing? And, and because of this church or the church incarnate, if, if they were to write, you know, 100 years from now, Jesus was made famous because of them. What would he be known for? We go back to this scripture that Ruthie was reading, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 10. In the Passion Translations, it, Translation, it says, I urge you, my brothers and sisters, for the sake of the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to agree to live in unity with one another and to put to rest any division that attempts to tear you apart. I, I, I look at this verse and the thing that just popped off to me when I was just, I was actually having my devotions one morning a few weeks back and I was just reading this and the thing, you want to know what popped out to me was for the sake of the name. 
for the sake of the name. In some of your translations, it's going to be in the name of Jesus or by the name of Jesus. I like the way it was put here. It says, for the sake of the name. In other words, there's like, there's all of these reasons to not be in unity. There's all of these reasons for there to be division. There's all of these things that that we could actually make Jesus famous for. He's like, what if, what if we made him famous for our unity? He's like, what if for the sake of the name of Jesus, it's like Paul's saying, come on guys, I could, I could challenge you in all kinds of things. And Paul's saying, he's like, guys, listen, for the sake of the name of Jesus, could you agree to live in unity? We think about this, and in, in, in other words, he's telling the church that they aren't making Jesus look good. Let's make him look good, people, right? Let's make him look, let, let's, let's give them something to talk about, but, but not like the negative stuff. Let's give them something to talk about. Um, when we talk about church unity, it doesn't mean, there's a word uniformity. It doesn't mean un- uniformity. There was a, um, uh, another cartoon you may have seen a long time ago. And there was a, it was a picture and you saw a, a, young, a young man and a religious leader, looked like a religious leader in the cartoon. And the young person was pictured to be talking to this religious leader. And the young person had, you know, uh, um, the, all the trendy clothes, spiky hair like I do, and, uh, and, and an earring. I, I usually take my earring out um, most Sundays. Um, but I, um, afterwards, you, you come find me afterwards mowing my lawn or something, and there's going to be an earring in there. And, and, but so just like, so he just, just looked like a classic young person of, of, that, of that day. And, uh, and so the, the caption or, or whatever they were trying to portray, um, apparently this young person had some sort of a spiritual experience and, and made a spiritual commitment. And so the religious leader was standing there looking at the youth and he said this. He said, you know, young man, that this means you're going to have to dress normally. And then you look at the, the picture and the religious leader, he's wearing a bishop's hat that's like two feet in the air. He's wearing this, this robe that has a huge cross on it and he's got this like this staff, this pole. That, and, and, he, and, and so the irony is, you know, young man, you're going to have to dress normally like he's trying to portray what normal is. Well, I wanted you to know when we talk about unity, we're not talking about, about you know, uniformity. We're, we're talking about what are, what are we championing? What are, what are, what's the, the purpose that we're coming together around? Doesn't mean we have to all think the same way. Um, there's already enough negative things that people are going to talk about concerning Jesus, don't, don't you think? I mean, uh, we, we talk, I, I bet if we were to poll the audience right now, you could say that there's friends and family members, there's people you know. I mean, uh, I, I, we, we pick on the Todd Becker Foundation every once in a while, and Keith and Beck. How, how many know that there are some things people, people are going to be talking about Jesus in a negative way uh, uh, at some level? And, and so uh, the, the thought here is, well, what if we gave them something else to talk about? What if they were talking about our unity? Look at those followers of Jesus and how they live and how they talk. Usually that, that quote and that phrase is, look at those followers of Jesus and how they live and how they talk. It's like we're not really giving them a bad name. We've got, we've got this label Christian, and it's like that, you know, the, the hello my name is sticker that you put on, and, and we just kind of write Christian on it. And, and that's the only thing. You, you take that sticker off, and we look like everybody else. You put that sticker, oh, I'm a Christian. You take it off, and so there's no separation. The world looks at us, and they say, they say well, well, there's nothing different. There's nothing different. Look at the way they, they talk. Look at the way they live around each other. Look at those followers of Jesus. But this thought on the scripture that he put up a few minutes ago is, 
for the sake of the name. How are we making him famous? I'm going to have my, my daughter Kaylee come. Kaylee Elizabeth Bean. Come on up here, baby. I think this is a prophetic picture of what you're going to be doing with your life right here. Everyone take a look. <laughs> and there's this verse that I'm going to have her read here in just a minute. And it's, it's this, you know, Jesus in the New Testament, he, was, he had the same thought that Paul had about how are we making, how are we making uh, uh, Jesus famous? Well, let's, let's listen to Kaylee in John chapter 13. John 13. Speak it really loud. Okay, you got it. 34, 35. I give you a new command, love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Yay! So good! She's just, just this year. She has been learning how to read. Isn't that awesome? Didn't she do a great job? John 13, 34, to, to love one another. And, and so I, I think about this concept of loving each other. And, and, and here we go. You know that word new? When Jesus was saying new, it, it, it didn't mean like brand new. You know that this wasn't a new thought? It wasn't like all of a sudden Jesus says, hey, wait a minute, I got an idea, guys. We should love each other. This wasn't brand new. It was an Old Testament thought. This is what was, what was happening. It, it, this didn't mean recent or different. This word meant freshness. It meant the opposite of outworn. Jesus, uh, he was saying this. Have you ever heard Jesus in the Old Testament? And he would say, you've heard it said, but I tell you. It, it was like, remember he said, you've heard it said, do not murder. I tell you, do not hate. This is kind of the idea of what he was saying. He says, you've heard it said, love your neighbor. Do you remember that, that commandment? Uh, all the kids are, are, remember that, right? Jesus says, love your neighbor, love each other. Jesus is saying here to us, he's like, don't just love each other as, uh, as yourself. Don't just love your neighbor as yourself. He's like, love your neighbor better than yourself. In fact, like this, just as I have loved you. He was like up, upping the ante here a little bit. He's like, I want you guys to love each other, but not just like you love yourself. I want you to love, you, love each other better than you love yourself, just as I have loved you, so you must now love one another. And so we, we go on to the rest of this verse, and he's going to put it up in uh, the second half of verse 10 in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. He says, be restored as one united body, living in perfect harmony Form a consistent choreography. Do you like that word? A consistent choreography. I, I loved all the, the dancers this morning. I mean, it was just so cool. And they were in sync and it was just powerful and the song was going. Form a consistent choreography among yourself. Having a common perspective with shared values. My dear brothers and sisters, I have a serious concern that I need to bring up with you. For I've been informed by those of Chloe's house church. In other words, Chloe's small group was talking to me that you've been destructively arguing among yourselves. In other words, Paul's saying in, this, in the second half of verse 10, he's like, this is what unity is supposed to look like. It's this consistent choreography. It's, it's having a, a, your, your mindset of shared values and common perspective. 
He's like, but what, it, what you're doing right now is there's something destructive going on that's going against what I'm wanting to have happen in this place. And I think I've got, I think I've got Asher. Asher O'Neill is going to come and help me with the last scripture this morning. How many like this? Me getting some help. How many say you need some help? <laughs> you need some help. She's like, amen. <laughs> uh, we'll talk afterwards. Asher O'Neill, thank you for the help this morning. And so this brings it to a close, this last verse in verse 17. Let's, uh, let's read it. First Corinthians one seventeen, And I declare this message stripped of all the philosophical arguments that empty the cross of its true power. For I trust in the all-sufficient cross of Christ alone. Woo! And you got philosophical. That's awesome. Good job, man. Good job. And, and that's what, what Paul does. He has this, this conversation with the church in Corinth, and he, he, he opens up. He's like, for the sake of the name of Jesus. And he talks to him a few verses in there, and you could read it, and he's talking about some of the destructive things they're doing. And then he, say, then he comes back at the end. He says, I declare this message stripped of all philosophical arguments that empty the cross of his true power, for I trust in the all-sufficient cross of Christ alone. Paul brings it back to the cross. And instead of focusing on those things that divide us, he says, let's focus on those things that unite us. What about the cross? What about the name of Jesus? What, what if we just push pause on all these things that we disagree and we come together on the things that we, we do agree on? I like at the beginning of this passage, if you were reading along and you see, he says this. He says, um, to agree to live in unity. Uh, he didn't ask them to agree with each other on everything. He says, would you agree to live in unity? In other words, it was a choice. It was, could you choose, instead of just agreeing, like, have you ever had that argument with somebody and nobody's going to win? You know, and you're just going, it's just whoever's the loudest is usually the one that wins. And whoever can, like, you know, have a little bit more of a power stance than the other person, they're going to be the one that wins. And, and he's like, could we, could we just agree to live in unity? I'm not asking you to agree with each other. Could we put those things down? Could we just agree to live in unity? You don't have to agree with each other. In fact, this is, unity isn't always agreement. It's actually a higher level than agreement. I want you to watch this and we'll be out. It's a higher level of agreement. It says this. It says regardless of whether or not we agree, we're still for each other. Isn't that what we're trying? Isn't that at the end of the day what Paul is trying to get across and what we need here? At the end of the day, regardless of, of whether or not I agree with you or you agree with me, regard, I'm still for you. And you're still for me. Can you say I'm for you, Pastor? <laughs> Come on, I just wanted to hear it. This is why I just needed to feel better as I'm walking out of here today. I'm gonna, we're going to close here with a, a couple more girls, Natalie and, and Courtney. I've asked them, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to have them come and they're going to pray. I want them to pray over us in this theme of unity. And then, and then what we're going to do, the worship team is going to come and, and I'm going to give you... An, one of the most powerful things I think that's going to happen today is I thought, what if the children and the youth like prayed for us as the altar prayer team? And so we're going to, you guys can come. Come on, come on up. Don't be shy. 
And so, and so when they're done praying, and, and we're going we're gonna to go, go into a song, and then I'm going to invite, in just a few minutes, I'm going to invite the children and youth up, and we're going to have some children's and youth workers. And I'm just going to ask, I want you to be bold, adults, because you've got some children and youth that are waiting to pray for you. And, I, and I'm going to ask you in a few minutes, hey, is there anything in your body that needs, that needs healing? Is there anything in your life that, and you don't have to get specific if you don't want to, but is there anything you just need breakthrough you just want breakthrough in that. Maybe you just need breakthrough in your finances or in relationships. Or maybe there's someone you're praying for. And so we're going we're gonna to get a show of hands in just a little bit. And then we're going to say, all right, kids and, and youth and, and youth workers and children's workers, we're going to blitz the audience. We're not going to even have you come up. We're going to blitz you. And they're going to come and they're going to take a few minutes with you and pray. I think it's going to be powerful. How many think that, that anything's possible? How many think anything's possible today? That, that there could be miracles and there could be healing and there could be freedom and you're going to walk out of here and it wasn't even the pastor that laid hands on you. It was the four-year-old or the eight-year-old or the 12-year-old. I think it's going to be so cool. As we get ready to transition to this part, I'm just going to have these girls pray into this theme of unity that we've been talking about. Whichever one wants to start. Oops, sorry. That's my fault. Lord, I ask that we have unity. The word I've been keep hearing over the week when I was asked to pray is mate. The word mate means we're equals, we're friends. So Lord, I ask that you come into here, that you rush over us, that we can see past these scars, that we can see other people's wounds and be able to come up and build them up. We're not supposed to attack each other, but we're supposed to stand next to each other. God, I ask that you guide us and protect us through this time of this year where we change the world. That we will come by our pastors and not attack them, but be with them as equals. God, I ask that you would unite, unite us like a fist, that we can punch the enemy in the jaw, that we would not have fear that we would not back down, that what is hindering us from doing what God has called us to do, that it would stop in the name of Jesus, that the will of the Lord would fall into this place, that what is hindering us from coming together, our race, our anger, our unforgiveness, that it would break down in the love of Jesus. Amen. Come on. Come on. So good. So good. We stand this morning, and Pastor Kelly is going to lead us in, in a song. And in just a minute, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond as the kids and the youth are going to pray for you. But let's just let's sing this song together. Sing praise.